evening. Thank you for coming. Uh, we go back to the Hilchot Berkat Zone, where we left up before we uh, took some time to speak about Tisha B'Av. So, here the Shulchan Aruch says, Yeshom So some say that when it comes to the Bracha Me'in Shalosh, Ala Mechia, right, a person has a piece of cake or a cookie, something along those lines, and they need to say the Bracha of Ala Mechia, so that also has to be said while they are uh, seated. If you remember correctly, the previous halacha that we learned many weeks ago uh, said that a person needs to sit down when they are uh, benching. And we said that that's true not only of the person who is actually leading the benching, it would be true of the misubin as well, the people who are sitting around the table and uh, fulfilling their obligation through the person leading the benching. And we said that the reason for this is because it... Uh, it helps a person have better kavanah. And uh, we also said that a person is supposed to sit with a certain amount of COVID rosh. They're supposed to be, you know, have a feeling of reverence while they are benching. So therefore, sitting is ideal. Our halacha says that perhaps the same is true when it comes to the bracha of alamechia. Not everyone agrees to that. There is somewhat of a dispute, and hopefully we'll see this gadvaling in the next siman as well, how closely connected the bracha of Alamechia is to benching, right? How many of the halachot do we transfer to alamechia? So this, uh, the Mishaburi here brings up that it might be told, uh, might depend on this uh, idea. If you see them as being very much connected, so then just like you sit for the benching, so too you should sit for alamechia. If you see them as being a little bit disconnected, so then maybe you could argue that we wouldn't, it wouldn't necessarily be the same. Something that we didn't speak about the last time when we brought this halakha regarding the person leading the benching versus everyone else. So the Mishaburah says that everyone else also needs to sit with their COVID rosh, with their feeling of reverence. And he explained that that uh, just like uh, they're fulfilling their obligation, he needs to sit and he needs to have that reverence. So too, the people fulfilling their obligation through him need to do the same. There is an interesting uh, piece in the, uh, the Beit HaLevi where he talks about the idea of shomea keona, right? We know that we use a mechanism that sometimes I'm not actually doing the mitzvah, I'm listening to someone doing the mitzvah, but we say that the shomea, the person who's listening, it's like they are answering. So the Beit Levi tries to figure out how far does that go, right? So he's talking specifically in the context of birkat koanim, right? The, the koanim, we know they get up and they give a bracha to uh, the rest of us non-koanim. So the question is, uh, are they able to, if you have a Kohen who, for whatever reason, can't get up and do Birkat Kohanim, can he fulfill his obligation of Birkat Kohanim through Shomea Ke'oneh? So the Beit Levi there points out, he can't, he can't. So why, why is that the case? Why can't it, right? So some, some meets vote of Dibor, some meets vote that involves speech, you can, some you can't. Why not? So the Beit Levi there points out that there is a requirement that when the Kohen does his Birkat Kohanim, it's supposed to be done Dafka Bikol Ram, which let's say for simplicity's sake, that means it should be done out loud, it should be audible. So he says, look, even though, yes, you can typically use the mechanism of shomea ke'oneh, right, that my uh, listening is like I'm actually saying it, but can we argue that my shomea ke'oneh is ke'oneh, it's like I'm answering bekol rang. It's like I'm answering out loud, which is an additional requirement. He says, it's not. It's like you're saying it, but it's not like you're saying it bekol rang. And therefore, he says, you wouldn't be able to fulfill the obligation through shomea ke'oneh. Another interesting application that he brings up is the Ramah brings down a practice that we're supposed to say all the names of uh, Haman's sons in one breath. Right? You, you, you're familiar with this? You've seen this before on Purim? No? May, okay, no one's reacting. All right, there is such a minhag out there. We do it here at the Beach of Kila. I'm not sure how you missed it. Fine, very good, right? So there is such an idea. Now, most of us are not actually doing the reading of the Megillah. We're listening to someone read the Megillah. So we know that there's this minhag that he should read it all in one breath. Can I therefore fulfill my obligation of Kriyat or Mikra Megillah, or at least this minhag, if I'm not saying it all in one breath? I'm listening to the guy saying it in one breath, 
right? So it's possible that the minag, right, we have the minag that there are certain psukim that we say out loud, and there seems to be a later minag that develops that we also say the name of the ten sons of Haman. Why is that necessary? Why is that minag there? So there are different approaches, but says the Beit Levi, maybe because we'll argue that yes, Shomea Keonea. Yeah, it's like you're reading the Megillah, so to speak, but it's not like you're reading the names of Haman in one breath, even though, you know, just because the guy who's reading the Megillah is doing it in one breath. And that's why you have to do it also and try to do it with uh, one breath. Yes, sir. Good, 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 good. So the Chazanish asks a similar question, right? He says, oh, well, wait a second. There's a requirement to read it from a cloth. You're not reading it from a cloth. And there's a requirement that he has to do it in a way that's audible, right? Uh, you're not doing that as well. So yeah, so some try to answer that question. They say, yeah, maybe if you're doing the Kriya, it's different, right? So there's certain mitzvot where I'm supposed to say something. Here, I'm supposed to read something. So maybe if I'm the reader, then there's a different requirement. But yes, I mean, it's a fair question when it comes to the Beit Alevi. The Nitziv also points to a Mishnah uh, when it comes to Mikra uh, B'Kurim. We know that when we bring the first fruits, there's this great declaration that we're supposed to say. So that also needs to be done B'Kol Ram. It has to be done out loud. Yet, you can use Shomea Keonea. So how does that work? So again, it's an interesting back and forth. Rav Salvechik weighed in as well. All, all sorts of different uh, Achronish approaches to this idea. But there is a question, when I'm fulfilling my obligation through someone else, how far can we take that? Do I get all the additional qualities as well? So it's possible that uh, this halacha as well relates to that. Just because the guy is benching and you're listening doesn't mean that you're uh, also benching with the sitting and with the COVID rosh. And maybe that's why you would have to do the same. But if you're going to take uh, the approach of some of the others, maybe they would say, no, you know, if he's a uh, sitting and he has COVID Rosh, as long as you're paying attention, and you get all those other qualities as well. We might argue anyway it's good for you to sit and to have COVID Rosh, but maybe it's not necessarily tied into the idea of Shomea Anyway, it's an interesting topic. It's more of a Purim uh, shear. So uh, maybe one year before Purim, we'll talk about this.